Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Good morning, church family. Thank you, Tony, for your thoughts this morning and Curtis for your prayer. To our guests, welcome. Uh, I hope you've been warmly welcomed. And I'll say this uh, this week, like I said last week, if you are a guest with us today. Uh, today's sermon might be a little bit different than you're, you might expect. Um, I'm doing a two-part sermon series on hospitality, specifically hospitality towards our guests. So if you're a guest... You will be my subject matter again this morning. Uh, If you have any questions or critiques, I'd love to hear from your perspective. You can get with me afterwards. Um, Otherwise, just sit back and enjoy the attention. To give a little uh, refresher of last week's sermon, we talked about how creating a culture of hospitality is better than just having a few people specializing it. When you have a culture of hospitality in a church, that's when a church can really grow. We also talked about how it's important when you have a culture of hospitality to view guests as, well, guests that are invited, not as visitors. The term visitor can imply someone who's just temporarily around, here today, gone tomorrow, um, unexpected, uninvited We talked about um, how when we create a culture of hospitality, it is a way that we can join God on his mission, participate with God on his mission of knowing all people everywhere. And finally, we talked about how when we make room for our guests here, not only in this building, but also in our hearts, we make guest room available for Jesus. So that was last week. Today, we're going to be talking about how um, we're going to be talking about why hospitality should be at the very heart of our faith, uh, both corporately as a church and personally as individual Christians. Well, from the beginning, God intended his chosen people to be a light to the world. Now, somebody might have told you that the gospel story started with, well, the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, if you were to ask somebody, say, in the first century, a first century disciple, they would say that the gospel story 
It started a little earlier than that. All the way back in Genesis. They'd probably tell you it was the call of Abraham. Deep into the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 says that Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. So God has always intended for his called people to be a blessing to those around them. We, as the church today, are still the light of the world. We exist for the benefits of those around us. It's what I'll call foreigner theology just for today, because the term that the Bible uses when talking about those outside of God's chosen people is the foreigner. For example, in First Kings chapter eight, we find Solomon praying for the foreigner. In First Kings eight, Israel is getting ready to enter into this new era of their history, temple worship. Solomon has just built this magnificent temple and upon dedicating it to the Lord, he offers this sincere prayer for Israel. But right in the middle of that prayer, he also prays for the foreigner. And this is what he prays. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm when they come and pray towards this temple. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you. So that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your own people, Israel. I want you to notice a couple things here from Solomon's prayer. First, notice that God is working on people who are outside of his chosen people. For it is here in Solomon's prayer that the foreigner is the one who hears of God's mighty acts and his outstretched arm. The foreigner is inspired by God, and it is God who brings the foreigner to Israel, to Jerusalem. It's also God that brings our guests here. God is working on people outside of his chosen people. We cannot, as a church, create a monopoly on God Don't think that God can't work on people outside of his chosen people. So when a guest comes to worship with us, not only are they entering into a stressful situation like I talked about last week, but they are also someone that God is working on. God has touched their hearts, and that's what has led them to us. So we need to make the most of our opportunity. Second, Notice Solomon's radical accommodation towards the foreigner. He says, God, hear their prayers. But not only that, he asked God to take action on behalf of the foreigner. You see, Solomon gets it. He understands that what is important and what God intended all along, it's not just Israel Not just Israel's devotion that God wants, but God wants a relationship with all people everywhere. So we should get excited 
about the influx of guests that we've had here at Heartland recently. Because it tells us that God is still alive and he's active and he's working on people's hearts out there. We should treat our guests then maybe like one of our own, maybe even better. Leviticus 19, verse 33 and 34 says of the foreigner, When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Here at Heartland, we should love our guests because you too were a guest one time at a church. You too were a little uncomfortable coming into a church. And somebody welcomed you. Aren't you glad that somebody welcomed you and loved you? You see, our guests, they're just younger versions of ourselves. Just earlier versions of ourselves. Now it's your turn to welcome others. To show that love to our guests. And this is at the very heart of hospitality. The fact that we take action because we were loved first. We were welcomed first. And church, you are not just a guest in need of being welcomed. You are a foreigner of God's people in need of being redeemed. The Apostle Paul illustrates this beautifully in Ephesians chapter 2. Here, Paul describes how we move from being foreigners of God's covenant to citizens of God's chosen people. He says, remember, at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But there's that pretty little three-letter word that we like from the Bible. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. It was God who loved you first. God who welcomed you, accepted you. Jesus paid the price on your behalf. Because Jesus was faithful to his father. And his father didn't want our sin to stand between us any longer. God the Father wanted peace. Now, isn't that great news? That's awesome news. Isn't it a good feeling to be loved first? To be welcomed first? To be treated with grace and compassion? What a feeling that is. Church, we are the most blessed people in the world. The most blessed people on this earth. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pits and crowns you with love and compassion. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for for those who fear him. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. How does this scripture make you feel? If you're a Christian, it should fill you up with feelings of celebration, of joy, of praise, and of peace. So considering how God has treated you with grace and mercy and compassion, what does that tell us about how we should treat others? Shouldn't we treat them in the same way? Let me say it this way. Wouldn't it be cool that if our guests, after coming to Heartland and experiencing the people here, experiencing our worship, wouldn't it be cool if they could leave this building with that same feeling that you get after you read these scriptures? Wouldn't it be cool if our guests go with the feeling that they've been loved first, that they've been treated with mercy and compassion and grace without even having to earn it. You see, as beneficiaries of God's love, you are now ambassadors of God's love. And we should treat and speak to people just like God treated us with grace and compassion. Because we're a people that, hey, it took a lot of grace and compassion to save us, right? It's true. A woman by the name of Latifa introduced herself to the minister when she was visiting his church. It's a true story. When Latifa introduced herself, she said, oh, and, and by the way, I'm a Muslim. Well, the minister and the entire church family at this church decided that they were going to welcome Latifa and love her. As one of their own. Later, Latifa said this to the minister. She said, you know, I have visited a number of churches. And most of the time when I tell them that I am a Muslim, people start to exclude me. It's like walls go up. But as I have come here, people have welcomed me. I wanted to thank you for that. How does the saying go? You only get one chance to make a good first impression. Now, this church made a good first impression on Latifa because first impressions at churches are not about right doctrine. If that were the case, it would have been impossible to make a good first impression on Latifa, a Muslim. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, Our doctrine is important. But when it comes to hospitality and making our guests feel welcome. Good first impressions are not about right doctrine. Good first impressions are about emotional and relational experiences with people. So Latifa kept going to this church. She went Sunday after Sunday. Uh, She listened to the sermons. She listened to the songs and the prayers. She fellowshiped with the believers until finally one Sunday Right in the middle of church, Latifa stands up with her hands in the air, celebration style, and said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
And then she fell to the ground and began to cry. She was treated with hospitality. And it led to her recognizing Jesus as her Lord. Chalk went up to a culture of hospitality. You see what I mean when, when I say a culture of hospitality makes room for God to do his work. This church loved Latifah like God loved them. They were ambassadors of God's love. And it paid off, especially for Latifah. Well, Latifah was also somebody with a disclaimer, wasn't she? When she was introduced, she said, oh, and, and by the way, I'm a Muslim. It must have been hard for her to say that. Are we ready as a church to welcome and love people who have disclaimers? And by the way, I'm an alcoholic. And by the way, I'm an atheist. And by the way, I'm a terrible son. And by the way, I'm a liar. And by the way, I'm Catholic. And by the way, I'm a sinner. And by the way, I'm dust. As I look out into my church family this morning, what do I see but a bunch of dust? A lot of dust comes in and out of this door. That's what we are. We're all the same. None of us here are created of iron or steel. None of us here are superhuman. We're all dust. We're feeble. We're frail. We're subject to decay. We buckle under a heavy load. We're all dust. We must depend on God for our strength. We are but jars of clay. And it is God's strength. And nothing else that shines through us. We're forced to lean on God's compassion to save our soul. We're just dust. So church, this morning, may you be empowered to be ambassadors of God's love. May you be empowered to love people First, just like God loved you. And not only our guests here, especially our guests, but also those outside of these walls as you encounter people. One thing about dust is that it gets into every nook and cranny, doesn't it? It's kind of a pain. But you as church, all these people here, you make contact with a lot of people in this community throughout the week. You get into every nook and cranny of this community. By the way, how often do you use the word cranny in a sentence? Except when you say nook and cranny. I don't know. But when you go out there into this community, don't forget that you're just dust. And that you're just like everyone else in need of God's compassion, in need of God's strength. And don't forget that you exist for the benefit of others, for those around you. To introduce God to these people and the salvation that he offers. 
So if, if the, uh, the door of your heart has been locked on our guests, um, on others, and Jesus, today is the day to let Jesus in, to make guest room available for Jesus, to do what the innkeeper failed to do. So let's stand and sing our invitation song.